Welcome to Peace by Believing. My name is John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And on today's program, we're going to be thinking about love, what love truly is. You know, that word love is perhaps the most used word in the English language. We use it about everything. We say, I love apple pie, I love ice cream, I love chocolate, I love this person, I love that person. We just throw the word love out there all over the place. And yet when we really get to thinking about what do we mean by that, what is love, it does cause us to stop and to think, what does the Bible mean when it says that we are to love people unconditionally, that we are to have the same love for others that God has for us? Well, that's what we're going to be thinking about today. And so if you have your Bible, would you please open it today to 1 Corinthians chapter 13? This is the love chapter in the Bible. And as we'll see on this program, the Apostle Paul in this chapter gives us a very clear description of The love that God has for us, the Greek word for that is agape. It is an unconditional love. And this is the love that God wants us to have for others. Remember, when you were saved, the love of God was poured into your heart. We read about that in the New Testament. And so you have in your heart the same love that God has for you. And so in your relationships with others, you should be able to extend to them the same unconditional love that God has extended to you. Now, this is not always an easy thing to do, and we don't always do it, and we certainly don't always extend that love to others the same way that God extends it to us. But it's nonetheless there if we've been saved. So 1 Corinthians 13, let's think about what love really is. What is love? Well, the Bible is very clear on that. First of all, love is having a right heart attitude towards everybody else. Now, the fact is, our heart, we can be deceived by our own heart. In fact, in the book of Jeremiah, it says the heart is is deceitful. And so we can fool ourselves. But I think on this particular issue, when it comes to love, you pretty much know when it comes to another person, if you have a good attitude or a bad attitude, if you have a right Uh, attitude or a wrong one. Now, beginning in verse number four and through verse number seven, the Bible gives us 16 different descriptions of love. It's interesting to me that Paul doesn't seek to define love, but instead he describes love. And he said, this is what love is like. And he gives us 16 different descriptions. Now, as I read through this list, and as you listen to these descriptions of love, Keep in mind what love is, because here's all of these things I'm about to read are going to fall into one of three categories. It's either an attitude that you have to another person, or it's an action that you express towards another person, or it is an aspiration that you have for another person. In other words, you want, if you truly love somebody, you're going to want what is best for that person. And so as we go through this list, and I'm not going to say this one goes into this category and this one goes into this category, but just listen for attitudes, actions, 
and aspirations. Those are the three, and they all start with the letter A to make it easy for you, okay? Attitudes, actions, and aspirations. Can we say that together? What are they? Attitudes, actions, and aspirations. Now, here is Paul's description of love. First, love suffers long. Some of your translations say love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself or love does not boast. Love is not proud or love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Literally, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then in verse 8, Paul said, love, this kind of love, never, ever fails. And so in that list, we have uh, a description of what love is. First, it is having a right uh, heart, uh, having a right attitude towards everybody else. In other words, when you love somebody, you have a heart, you have an attitude that is free from resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, grudges. It's free of all that. Certainly, it's free of hatred. And that's what I'm saying. If you have those negative feelings towards another person, you know it's there. I mean, it's true the heart is deceitful, and sometimes we, and I guess we could even be deceived on this. But when it comes to love, I think you pretty well know if your heart is right towards somebody or it's wrong towards somebody. I know that. So if my attitude ever gets wrong towards another person, God convicts me of that pretty easily. And I know that, I'm not, that something's not right. And so the first thing that love is, even before we get into the actions and the things that we should do and how we should treat people, love is an attitude. And it is an attitude that is free of all that and an attitude that genuinely cares about the other person. When you love somebody, you are able to see that that person, no matter what disagreements you may have had, no matter what it may have transpired in your relationship, you're able to see that that person was made in the image of God and that God loves that person as much as God loves you. And that Jesus died on the cross for that person just like Jesus died on the cross for you. And so when our hearts are right, that's how we're able to see another person. And yet we would have to admit that some people are easier to love than other people. If you agree with that, say amen. It's true. I was home last night and my doorbell rang about 8 or 8.30 and it was my next door neighbor. And she uh, said, John, I just made you and my husband some fresh oatmeal raisin cookies, and here's your, it was still hot, the thing that she brought it to me in, the container. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's difficult for me to love her? (laughs) Every time I eat a cookie, I love her more. If you're home and somebody brings you oatmeal raisin cookies, if that's your favorite cookie, it's not hard to love that person. Let me ask you this question. Do you think I get any credit with God for loving her? No. I mean, you think God looked down last night and here I am sitting there doing what I, reading whatever I was doing, talking on the phone, and here comes a lady bringing me cookies, and I go back in the house thinking, I sure do love her and her husband. Well, God's not impressed with that. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, if you love people who do good things for you, you're not any different than non-believer, than, than the pagans are. It's not hard to love somebody like that. 
Well, let me ask you this. What if I'd been sitting home last night and my doorbell rang and somebody there that I didn't even know, or maybe I did know them, and they said, John, we just want to tell you, we hate you. You're the worst preacher we've ever heard, and we hope we'll never hear you preach another sermon in all our lives. Well, now, if I love a person who said that to me, then I get credit with God. Because I would have loved somebody who was difficult to love. Now, that's an extreme example, but it makes the point. You see, sometimes God allows people into our lives. They're not bringing us cookies. They're not telling us how wonderful we are. In fact, they're doing just the opposite. They're pulling us down, or they're saying things to try to hurt us, or they're working behind our back, or they're not being loyal. And yet God says, now you have an opportunity to show unconditional love to that person in a way that you never could have to a person who's bringing you food or being super nice to you. So love, first of all, is an attitude. And I've learned this. When my heart is right towards other people, life is a lot easier. Did you know when you're angry or holding a grudge, it takes a lot of energy to do that? Because throughout the day, you're rehearsing whatever it is you're angry with that person about. And it makes you tired. Or on the other hand, if you just forgive them and say, God, you've forgiven me for worse than what they've done to me, so it's no big deal, then you're kind of light. Your spirit is light, and you don't have to carry that with you. So first of all, and, and the foremost thing, is love is having a right heart attitude toward everyone. Jesus didn't trust everyone in his world. He didn't trust those people who wanted to kill him before his time. He didn't trust the people who did kill him. But Jesus loved them. And if he can love them since he's living in us, we can love them too. Something else that love is, it's not only having a right attitude, love is showing right actions. It is being kind, it is being respectful, it is being polite. Love is refusing to be rude. Love is not obnoxious. Love is not belligerent. Love is not rude. Love is not condescending. Love is not in your face. Love is not doing all that. Love is, is respectful. It is kind. Again, I think maybe the best word to get at what Paul was saying, love is polite. And even if somebody is difficult to love, or even if somebody's not being kind to you, you can be kind to them. Did you know there's a verse in the Bible, in Proverbs, and in the Living Bible, it says it this way, kindness makes a man attractive. Say that with me. Kindness makes a man attractive. And so there's nothing, there are few things, there may not be anything that is a better reflection on Jesus than to be kind and respectful and polite to people even who are not treating you that way. And there's, there are few things that are worse than being belligerent and in your face and obnoxious and just rude. And so rudeness, in fact, Paul uses that word here in verse 5. He said, love does not behave rudely. And so if we're rude, we're not walking in love. And then the final thing is, we've talked about love is an attitude. Love is an, is, certainly includes actions. And love is aspirations. Love is wanting what is best for another person. Love is not just saying, what's, you know, what's in it for me or what's best for me. No, if I love somebody, my attitude is, well, what's best for you? Not what's best for me, what's best for you, and that's what love is. It is not selfish. It is always putting the other person first. Now, you still listening? Say amen. In verses 4 through 7, 
I said Paul gave 16 descriptions of love. Now, as we come to the end of this sermon tonight, I want to ask this question. And I'm going to read this list again. But here's the question before I read the list. Could you substitute the pronoun I for the word love? Now, I'm going to try, when I read this list, Paul didn't use the word love 16 times. He used it, and then sometimes he would use it once and have three or four things, and then he would use it again and have three or four things. I'm going to try to use the pronoun I 16 times. And as you follow along in your Bible, or as you just listen to me read this description of love, keeping in mind that love is the most important thing in the life of a believer. Here's the question. Could you put the pronoun I where Paul put the noun love? Here here we go. I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I am not uh, parading myself around, or I am not boastful. I am not puffed up. I do not behave rudely. I do not seek my own way. I am not provoked. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not rejoice in iniquity. I rejoice in the truth. I bear all things. I believe all things. I hope all things. I endure all things. Now, whether you could say, yeah, I can put I on all those, or whether you can't, or whether I can, or whether I can't, is, is, is another issue. Or I guess that is the issue, really. It's not another issue. It's, it is the issue. But if you can't say that description right there, patient, kind, all that, if you can't say that that describes you, There are one or two reasons you can't say that. Either, number one, you're not saved. What does it say in the, what did the uh, Apostle John say in 1 John? If you don't love, if you don't have love, then you're not born of God because God is love. And anyone who's been born of God does love. And so if you don't love, then you're not saved. Now, you say, John, does that mean if I couldn't say I to all 16 of those descriptions that I'm not saved? No, I I wouldn't say that. I would say this. If all 16 of those descriptions never describe your life, I can assure you that you're not saved. If that never describes your life. Now, if you would look at that and say, well, you know what? For the most part, that describes my life. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I am rude. Sometimes I'm not patient. Sometimes I'm not kind. And so on. Well, that doesn't mean you're not saved. But I'll tell you what it does mean. It means that you're not right with God. And I say that to you with the same authority. I preach to you. I point one finger at you. I have three pointing right back to me. And if I stand here tonight and say, you know what? I'm not always patient. I'm not always kind. Sometimes I'm rude. 
Well, that doesn't mean I'm not saved. I know I'm saved because I've put my faith and trust in Jesus. I know I'm saved. And yet the fact is sometimes I'm not what I ought to be when it comes to love. And so what does that mean of me? And what does it mean for you? It means there are certain times in our life when we're right with God. And there are certain times in our lives when we're not right with God. And one of the ways that we know we're not right with God is when we're not patient and when we're not kind and when we're rude and when we're keeping record of wrong, and we're pointing out others' failures and shortcomings, and we're critical, and we're negative, I'm telling you, it is a sign when that happens in your life, and when that happens in my life, that we are not right with God. Because a person who is right with God, filled with the Spirit, walking in the power of God, should be able to put the pronoun I before all those things, and say, yes, that's what I'm like. Now, what is, this, what is the bottom line? The bottom line is the only way that you and I are going to be able to consistently walk in this kind of love is if we are walking consistently in the Spirit of God, if we're filled with His Spirit. What did Jesus say in John chapter 15? If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. And so just know the next time you're rude, the next time I'm rude, the next time we're unkind, the next time we're not patient, the problem is we've stopped abiding in Jesus. In that moment, our fellowship with Jesus Christ has been broken. And what, what you don't need to do when you're impatient or unkind, you don't need to say, okay, now look, what I've got to do, I've got to work on being more patient, I've got to work on being more kind, I've got to work on being more loving, I've got to stop being rude, you're just treating the symptoms. What we need to do when, it, when, when this happens in our life is we need to say, Lord, I was unkind, I was impatient, I was rude, and the reason is because something broke my fellowship with you. And you say, well, another person caused that to happen. Friend, another person can't cause you to lose your fellowship with Jesus. You let them, you let that happen. But that was on you. And if I do it, it is on me. And so what I'm saying tonight, and more importantly, what God is saying is, when he looks down on the First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, above and beyond everything, do we believe the Bible? Absolutely we believe the Bible. Are we trying to serve God as best we can? Yes. Are we anticipating his return? Yes. We should do it more, but we are anticipating it. But God is saying, is there love in the people's hearts not only for one another, but for people outside the walls of the church, even those who have hurt you. Because remember this, the person who was rude to you, unkind to you, treated you unfair. See, if you, life is, is how you look at it. All in the world that person has done is given you an opportunity to exhibit unconditional love to them and yet we want everybody to bring us cookies so we can just love them back. And God says, everybody in life's not bringing you cookies. Sometimes people in life are bringing you criticisms and injustices and things that aren't right. And I'm allowing that into your life to give you an opportunity to demonstrate unconditional love. Because if you only love those who are good to you, you're no better than the pagans. Well, that's so true. 
Some people are just easier to love than others. Some people are difficult to love. And yet, if we've been saved, if we have Jesus Christ living in our hearts, we should be able to love people who are sometimes unlovely and even very difficult to love. The amazing thing to me about unconditional love is that it's just that. It's unconditional. It's not dependent upon what a person does or what a person fails to do. It's just a love for that person that never stops. And again, that doesn't mean that you always agree on every issue. It doesn't mean that you sacrifice your convictions. And it doesn't mean that you even trust that person. But it does mean in your heart that you have concern and compassion for that person. You want what is best for them. And you have in your heart for that person the same thing that God has in his heart for you. And that is unconditional love. Sure, some people are easy to love, but others aren't. And so that's when we need the love of God to help us to love them. The best example, of course, in the history of the world of unconditional love is Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, we read that when he was being crucified, there he is. They have put nails in his hands and feet. They're laughing at him. They're mocking him. They're saying, if you're true to the Son of God, come down off that cross. Save yourselves. And they're just really making all kinds of fun at Jesus. And Jesus, when he could have prayed to his Father and said, Father, strike them dead. Father, get me off this cross. Father, show them that I'm really your son. Father, judge them for how they're treating me. Jesus didn't say any of that. In fact, Jesus said just the opposite. He prayed from that cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we read that in our Bibles and we think, how in the world could Jesus have prayed for God to forgive those people who were treating him so badly? Well, the reason he was praying that is because his heart was filled with unconditional love for, for all those people, filled with love for us, knowing the sins that we would one day commit, and yet he loved us unconditionally. The Maybe, an, I guess we would say the second best example in the Bible of unconditional love is uh, seen in the life or actually in the death of a man named Stephen. Stephen was a godly man in the early church, and he became the first martyr for the Christian faith. He was the first person to be killed because of his faith in Jesus Christ. And in his particular case, he was stoned to death. And as the people were stoning Stephen and he, his life was beginning to ebb away, we read these words in Acts chapter 7. He said, Lord... Do not charge them with this sin. And so he was really saying the same thing Jesus had said when he was on the cross. He was saying, Father, forgive them. Don't punish them for the fact that they're stoning me. Father, uh, don't charge them with this sin. Now, how did Stephen... I mean, we read about Jesus doing that, and we say, well, that was Jesus. You know, Jesus is just so different from all the rest of us. He's able to do things we can't do. And yet, when we read about Stephen, we think, now, wait a second. Stephen was a human being. Stephen was not God. And yet, Stephen, as he is being stoned, is saying, Lord, don't charge these people with this sin. Don't punish them for what they're doing for me. What he was really saying is, Lord, forgive them. 
for the way that they are treating me. And we wonder how in the world could Stephen have prayed a prayer like that? Well, friend, the reason Stephen was able to pray that prayer is because Stephen had in his heart the same unconditional love for those people who were treating him badly that God himself has for Stephen. And so it is Christ in us. It is God's love in us. And this is why the Bible says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts. And sometimes God allows difficult people into our lives to give us an opportunity to express and demonstrate the unconditional love of God to that person. If everybody was easy to love, we never would be able to extend unconditional love. And so God knows that from time to time, we need some tough people in our lives. We need some people in our lives who are difficult to love so that we can love them unconditionally. And I just encourage you today, ask God to fill your heart with that kind of love. And as you begin this new week, go out there and extend that love to others. You'll be blessed, they'll be blessed, and God will be honored. Peace by Believing is an extension of the ministry of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. If you would like more information on how you can have peace with God, go to our website, peacebybelieving.org, and click on the Spiritual Growth tab. If you've received God's peace today by trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for listening today, and we pray that you have a blessed week.